Hey everybody, thanks for joining us today here on Real Construction Talk. I am Jeremy Yoder uh, from Compass Leadership, who is our main sponsor. And with me today, um, we have a special guest again. Um, this is Sean McPhee, and Sean is the Talent Acquisition Manager for APSI. That is a construction management uh, company based out of Irvine, California. Sean, good to have you here with me today. Thanks, Jeremy, glad to be here. Awesome. Uh, Sean and I have gotten to be friends over the last few months. Um, really interesting what they do it over at APSI. Um, I know they, they deal with some very large uh, business, <laughs> a lot of very large projects, um, but that dovetails down into if you're a contractor or if uh, you're a small to medium sized construction company, there's some major things that um, that you can learn and, and understand from uh, somebody who's working in bigger projects. So we're going to have a conversation today, obviously, about leadership. This is uh, the main focus. But our one thing today is to learn about Sean and what he does. And kind of the, uh, the thing in leadership, we had gotten to talking the other day about how important it is to understand our, our EQ over our IQ. Um, and let me explain a little bit of what EQ is. IQ obviously is your in intellect, you know, your intelligent quotient. Um, but EQ is a little bit different. Your your emotional uh, quotient or your your emotional temperament and, and or kind of how you come at certain situations. So in leadership and in management, it's really difficult sometimes to lean into that side uh, um, and be to... Um, to use that side of yourself because you're just trying to get the things done, you know? So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. So Sean, again, thanks for being here. Tell me a little bit about um, APSI. Sure. So like you mentioned, APSI, we are a construction management firm. Now, <clears throat> what that simply means, what I tell a lot of people is that um, we do not do any self-performed building. Um, we're not a general contractor. We don't uh, like I said, do any self-performed building on projects. We essentially manage the construction on the behalf of our clients. So um, when that, what that really entails is um, project management as well as scheduling and estimating and anything project controls related that really um, is, uh, lines up with exactly what we do here at APSI. So, and just to kind of give you a little backstory. So the company was founded back in 1990. Um, by our founder, Ashok Apte. Um, it was originally primarily a scheduling firm. Uh, APSI stands for Analytical Planning Services Incorporated. Um, but over the years, it grew into a full-fledged construction management firm where now we are managing projects um, upwards of uh, several billion dollars. So, um, and with my role and with what I do, I am our talent acquisition manager. So I run our department when it comes to anything staffing related for, um, our projects and in anything, um, in-house as well for all of our needs. So, um, an important part of that is that, you know, with the way that we operate as a company, um, we're not getting paid unless we put people out there on the jobs that are able to bill our clients for, those individuals that are working there. So um, a lot of importance comes out of our department, but um, as a whole, uh, it's it's a really great company to work for and um, really great team environment, so. 
Oh, that's awesome. And one of the things we talked about um, in a a conversation recently, um, you just really described what it's like to work there. Uh, Give me some of the benefits um, or some of the really cool things that um, make working for APSI uh, a good company. You say it's it's a good place to work, but why is that? Yeah. No. um, So. I would say it's it's definitely the culture, and I know a lot of people probably say that about their company, but it really is. Um, the people there are excellent and outstanding. Um, a lot of the employees there, especially um, at the uh, the top end, have been with the company for twenty plus years. So I think that's just a testament to kind of show exactly um, what the company stands for and what they represent, and how loyal and um, just really trustworthy that this company has been to its employees. Um, another thing that they really do well is in terms of just giving back to the employees and making sure that they all feel really connected and like they're part of the family too. For example, um, every year uh, they do a company holiday party where no matter where you are located throughout the country, because we have projects anywhere and everywhere, um, the company will fly you and your um, significant other out for the company in Southern California, put you up in a hotel for a couple nights. And uh, we try to make sure that everyone, if possible, can be there all collectively as one for at least one weekend. And um, not only the holiday party as well, but um, the morning thereof, we also do our our company-wide business meeting to kind of go over all the highlights from the year and um, just be fully clear and transparent to everybody about um, our company's um, business happenings from the prior year and just get a really chance to, um, connect and, and, uh, great. you know, get to see people that you might not have seen before. Um, they're, you know, all the way across the country and whatnot. So. Sure. And in this day and age, obviously if you're working construction or something, you're generally together on the same project, you know, but in a company like yours where you're spread out all over the place, a couple of things I heard there that I think were really key. Number one is that they put their money where their mouth is. Like they want to have a family environment, a team environment. So they put their money where their mouth is and they, you know, pay for plane tickets and you get to be together with the rest of the company, mm-hmm. which is awesome. I heard you say teamwork, you know, you, um in 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 getting in together like that you know they're sharing well more than teamwork honestly they're sharing what's going on and they're being transparent about yep. how this last year was how important is that for you i think it's it's very important um and the fact that they do it that they want to do it collectively there in person mm-hmm. adds a real um special touch to it i think as well and, um, you know, to be able to kind of share, have each sort of area manager share um, what uh, basically recapping what has gone on throughout the year within each individual region. It helps because, like you said, a lot of individuals within our company, they're out working at a project, some even remote, um, and they're just really kind of, on, I don't want to say on a silo, but um, they are out there in an area kind of more so secluded from Right. the company and everything else that might be going on. Um, and they're only really kind of focused and understanding what's going on with their specific project. And yeah. um, this is a great time for us as a company to, for everyone to see what's going on, not just with their region or their project, but to see just what everything that's going on within the company. And um, I always hear a lot, of, get a lot of really great feedback from employees to say, uh, telling me that they really enjoy that the company puts forth that effort to, um, include them and to share with them and make sure that they are 
involve um, when it comes to just the company as a whole and not just kind of keep them, like I said, on a silo and just one project um, out wherever it may be and just kind of feel on like you're on an island from that standpoint. So, um, yeah, and then even to that point, um, another thing that we do as a company is every quarter we'll send out a really neat newsletter that um, company-wide to all the employees so they can also be updated as it happens almost in real time on a quarterly basis, um, updates on projects we may have won or highlight some individuals. Um, we also recognize our employees for their services and how many years they've worked with us and make sure that they get recognized for those milestones as well. That's great. Um, mm -hmm. Guys, the reason I the, I bring this up um, and the reason I'm asking these this line of questions to Sean um, is to kind of highlight the fact that culture really matters in a corporation. Um, uh, Sean works for somebody that that really cares about their culture, puts their money where their mouth is, gets people together, tries not to leave people on an island. And that dovetails directly um, into what your company is doing. Um, how are you setting your culture? How are you keep, keeping people from being an island somewhere, even on a job site, you know, not feeling like they have support or, um, you know, not connecting with them? Um, are your foremen going out of their way to make sure everybody is together, not just working, but like together on the project? Do they understand what's going on? Do they have vision for what's supposed to happen? Um, your biggest biggest thing, the biggest thing that you can do as a leader is create culture by setting vision. If mm -hmm. somebody knows what they're supposed to do, and then they can go do it, it's going to give them a sense of purpose. So I and this, so that's why I'm kind of talking to Sean about this, because um, I think it's really important that we we gather this un understanding that a really good company sets vision and creates a good culture. So so thank you for that, Sean, and and telling us a little bit about that. Uh, let's kind of dive into your clients. Like, who do you work with um, in the private sector, public sector? Um, tell, tell me about your client base. Sure. So. Um... Before I dive into the clients, just to kind of explain, uh, the majority of our clients are within the public sector, reason being with the type of services that we provide, which is sort of the common term is being an owner's representative, you typically see more so on the public sector. Now, um, private sector, with what we do, you do see those roles, um, the same types of responsibilities that we would perform as well. However, um, more so in the private sector, you have the um, contractors that will also, the general contractors that will also um, do the their own self um, construction management mm -hmm. as well. But within the public sector and the way it works is that typically public agencies, they need to make sure that those um, two parties are separated. And so by default, given with, again, what we do as a company, majority of our clients are within the public sector. So we do a lot of work with various federal agencies, such as the General Services Administration, who uh, manage the majority of the federal um, facilities throughout the country. Um, for instance, we are working on a couple uh, large federal courthouses in Huntsville, Alabama, as well as uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, each one of these are uh, exceeding $100 million in construction value. Wow. Um, yeah. And so we are also do a lot of work with, in terms of federal agencies, the Department of Veterans Affairs, as well as the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. 
Um, now, we also do work with some local, state, and county agencies as well, especially um, more so in California, which is where our roots are uh, really strong in. So we do a lot of work with um, not just, again, federal agencies, but also local, state, and um, other government agencies, too. That's great. So in that, um, very big projects um, in the public sector, which, you know, if you, if you guys know anything about getting bids in the public sector, uh, that's that's a whole thing. <laughs> it's a whole deal. What are some of the things that are commonalities between projects that are successful or, you know, as you um, help get managers placed um, into these um, into these large uh, projects, mm -hmm. um, where do you where do you see commonality between projects that are are successful? Yeah, great question. So the biggest commonality I would say is having the right team there in place, um, boots on the ground, and what that really entails. It depending on the position, because um, you know for a like one of these courthouse projects that we're looking at right now, we'll have. Um, anywhere between three to four individuals working on site full time. Now, um, depending on the position, what you know, just in general, what's most important, I think, is the communication that we have between us and the client. Because being owners representatives, we just like the word says, we are representing the owner on behalf of them for the construction that is going on. So we are overseeing the contractors, the subs, the generals as well as the architects, we need to make sure that we are representing them to the fullest. And by doing so, we need to have a clear line of communication between us and the client, as well as a clear line of communication between us and the um, the other contractors there on site as well. Um, right. Another important aspect um, in terms of commonalities that we see is when we have a, a team or at least a, a lead on the team that um, really has a good sense of knowing when to push the envelope on a certain situation with our with our client or maybe want to defer on a given situation and really understanding the the, the differences on when which approach to take um, because when dealing with government agencies especially on the federal side um, it can be very bureaucratic and <laughs> really yeah, <you> <laughs> i can't have, imagine <laughs> you have to have a certain level of political savvy to understand right. uh, what 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 are the right decisions to make out out there. So, um, and then another part of it is simply, you know, saving the client as much money as possible on the project and making sure that the project staying um, is, or is completed on schedule. So that will make them definitely very happy as well. Yeah. I mean, I understand like being using some tact when you're when you're working in a project and understanding uh, your your clients and and um, especially if it's in a political situation, um, sometimes it's difficult without feeling, uh, as a leader, feeling like you're stroking somebody's ego or beating around the bush to try to get something done or try to tell them that something needs to happen or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, in construction, generally, we're pretty straightforward, right to the point. Here's what's happening. I got on the phone yesterday with a contractor friend. Uh, we're working on a project um, on a, on a home thing. And I was like, Hey, listen, this has to be done. 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 Go do it. You know, that was it. There was no beating around the bush. This is what has to be done. Um, yeah, I think I said before, Hey, I hope, how you doing? <laughs> you know, a little bit like that. Um, but there wasn't a lot of, there wasn't a lot of 
you know, me thinking about that other person. So if, if let, let, let's kind of put that in perspective of somebody being on a job site or being a leader um, in an organization where you need to get things done, like your job is to get things done. Um, but people are human. We're all, we're working with human beings here without trying to, man, how can I say this? Without trying to be too weird about it. You know, how, do, how do you, as a leader, um, go into situations where, you know, you, you want to think about the other person first, like what are some things that you would do as a leader, um, to, to help move a conversation like you have to get some things done, but you really want them to feel like they care. You care about them too. Like yeah. what, what would, what would you do in that situation? Well, I think just in any given situation, um, <clears throat> listening is key. And it's, it's one thing to just listen, but also actively listen. Um, which means that you are wow. not only hearing what they say, but you are thinking about what they're saying as well. It's, you know, simply as, it's not going in one ear and out the other. Um, and and part of that active listening concept is, you know, maybe asking them some questions about what they're explaining to you. you it's really about understanding where they're coming from and trying to understand their perspective, because there's not one person in this world who thinks exactly the same 100% way that I do or you do, Jeremy. And so the, the more we understand that, the more we have to but the better we can understand that, the better we can actively listen and understand where someone else is coming from. Now, you obviously might be in a situation where you think, okay, your idea is dumb, but I'm going to listen to you and hear you out anyways, because there's a certain level of compassion that you need to have as a leader and making sure that everyone that you're working with is feeling valued and appreciated and not just overlooked or um, unheard. So it's it's very easy to for someone to talk to an individual and not really feel heard down the line. Yes, you're listening to them, but unless you actually um, pay attention to them, give them some feedback, some support, and maybe general, maybe you even in that situation may genuinely find out that okay, their idea isn't as crazy as I thought it was. I just came to an assumption in my head because again, I think a certain way, and right. the way I think is the way everything is because you know my world revolves around me so but um yeah so so doing that i think is like a key step to really um you know being a, a really good leader and, and listening and understanding others on your team so so good and that is so looked um kind of looked over uh in construction leadership we, mm -hmm. we go in to try to get a job done and we have a certain way we think it's supposed to be done and then we go this is it and we put blinders on and if you don't do what i said you to do you're dumb what are you doing that's wrong or whatever rather than i think we talked about this on an earlier podcast with john stearns seek to understand first before being understood. So yeah. if something's different than what you thought you wanted, ask the questions, active listen, receive to understand what's really, really going on. And active listening is one of those really um, tough things if you're just trying to get your point across. I'll be honest, like <laughs> if I'm just trying to tell you what I want, then I'm not going to actively listen to try to understand. Um, yeah, so, 
I would say, you guys, as you're listening to this, one of the things that you could work on this week is actively listening to try to understand when something goes wrong, why it went wrong. Um, not just to try to solve it. Yeah, you're going to try to solve it. Of course you are. But um, understand the whys behind it and ask the why questions, maybe a couple layers deep. Why did this happen? Okay, then this, why did that happen? Okay, then then why did that happen? We're three layers into the whys now of, of something. So, um, Sean, that that's really, really good. Active listening is a super great tool to put in your tool belt to to use when you're dealing with people. And that's what we want to be as leaders. But in your opinion, what other things leadership wise are overlooked in the construction industry? Yeah, um, I mean, other examples and, you know, the, these may sound cliche or just <laughs> sound like common sense, but I, I think it's it's things that still get overlooked or not really um, thought of on a constant basis. And, you know, I think one of those would be just leading by example. Um, and it's one thing to be able to give direction and to expect something from others, but unless that you put forth the exact same sort of um, uh, quality and the same sort of effort, and and uh production you know you have to deliver that yourself and have others see and then set that example for others instead of again just pointing fingers and, and telling us what to do and twiddle your thumbs while they're um doing everything you ask them to do so that's going to motivate a lot of individuals when they see that you know the direction that they're getting from you know what what's being asked of them is being delivered by the same person who is delivering those um, those assignments. So, and then also, um, this is another big thing. I I think that kind of gets uh, that people struggle with, uh, especially leaders, is delegating, um, and not just delegating, but empowering others with that. Um, it's it's very common, I think, for for individuals in positions of leadership to feel like they need to take on um you know the weight of the world on them when right. they really should be delegating maybe certain things to other individuals not just for the sake of um getting a load off of them but also to empower them and to make and to make them feel um you know special and make sure that they you know are feeling valued as well by um giving them the types of responsibilities that you know can really help with what you're doing and the reason why I think that's really hard and, and might be kind of overlooked is because it's not easy sometimes for leaders to relinquish and what they see as power, you know? And so, and I think the sooner you can kind of get that out of your mind that it's not a weakness and it's not a sign of, um, you know, and it's, that is, it's not a sign of weakness, but actually a sign of strength to show that you can trust others by empowering them and giving them you know, some assignments where they can assist or help out or, and, and whatnot, you know, that will really help as well. So. Well, but Sean, if I give something to somebody and I relinquish that control and they don't do it right, I'm still responsible for it. So man, it's better for me to get it done and not have to worry about another person, you know, doing all those things. I would assume somebody's saying out there right now. <laughs> yes. Right. Like that is true. They're now and they're right. I mean, in a way, but what it, is, it is, it is, it's very much true. But, you know, with that comes a certain sense of knowledge of, okay, 
what can I delegate to so-and-so knowing that they are fully capable of doing X, Y, and Z. Now, if you, if you get to a point where you feel like, okay, I can offload this, I can offload this to him or her, then great. You, you definitely need to have that distinction, that awareness, or one, you need, they, they need to understand, you need to know that they do. And if they don't accomplish it, then you might be needing to look to make a change with the individual. Um, yeah, right. Or if it's something that you're not sure that they are really capable or ready for, that's an opportunity to do some teaching or some educating from that standpoint. Because if you can spend, you know, let's say an hour or two developing a, another skill to um, an employee, mm-hmm. that will unload hours and hours of time that you know, you will spend on this subject matter, you know, exactly for right. the future, you know, it's going to be well worth the, for, you know, the couple, three, however many hours it takes to spend that time to teach that individual instead of just doing it all, you're doing it yourself for the foreseeable future. So really good, man. Really appreciate you being on here today. Um, we are, we're really harping on these issues of delegation the active listening, which are all major components of great leadership. And so appreciate you being on today, Sean. That was really good. Where can we find you online? Where can we find, um, APSI? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, APSI, you can find us on our website at APSICM.com. Um, you can also find our company on uh, LinkedIn. I'm, I'm there on LinkedIn as well. So, um, yeah, those would be the best places to look for us. And if you are looking for a job um, on our company website, the careers page has all of our openings that we're currently uh, trying to fill right now. So that's great. Awesome. Thanks for being here today on Real Construction Talk. Thank you, everybody, for listening here. And uh, if this is your first time listening to our podcast, welcome. We're glad that you're here. Please say hi. If this was if this was good for you, please leave a comment and, and follow us. Um, on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Also, find you can find us on YouTube if you want to see our faces. But if you don't, that's fine, too. We're good with that. <laughs> so thanks for joining Real Construction Talk. Sean, thanks for being with me today. Absolutely. Thanks, Jeremy. Awesome. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you all soon. Later. Later.